Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. Your number one stop for stellar reviews of volumes, arcs or stories that us or yourselves choose. You can find us live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook and Twitch and the replay on all podcast networks. Take a seat, get yourselves and your opinions ready as it's time to join the herd. But first, please put your hands together for your hosts. Shane, Phil, Scott, and Martin, as they kick off this week's discussion. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Nerd Herd Comic Book Club. Sound like, sound like I was going to go into a rap then. Uh, and there's a character, he likes to say bub. Yes. Um, anyway, oh, welcome God. to the Nerd Herd <laughs> Comic Book Club. My name is Scott. I am joined by the boys i've got shane oh hoy, hoy. i've got martin even though i've got phil what's up nerds and i've got the man of the hour the man who has chosen this book for our herd's choice it is kev our resident artist from the nerd herd channel hello hello uh, and this week, if you haven't figured out already by looking at the thumbnail and the title of the video, we are going to be talking about X-Men, Astonishing X-Men, Volume 1, Gifted, uh, written by the fantastic Josh Whedon, art by John Cassidy, colours by Laura Martin, and letters by Chris Eliopoulos. Um, we are covering uh, Volume 1, like I just said, and uh, that is going to be covering issues 1 to 6 as well. Uh, before we say hi to everyone uh, in the chat, uh, I'll let you know what this book is about. Um, what is the book about? Uh, it follows um, it follows a scientist uh, named Dr. Kavita Rao, uh, and she um, designs uh, the mutant cure. Um, as if people are asking for it, and it was secretly sponsored by a warrior alien named Ord. Um, the prospect of kind of real humanity then arouses the interest of the heavily mutated beast. Uh, he then visits visits the doctor um, to discover that the drug was the product of an illegal human experimentation on an unknown victim. Dun dun dun. Um, they end up uh, raiding um, Benetech and they end up reuniting with Colossus, who was the unknown victim. Dun dun dun. Uh, and with his help, they end up taking down Ord and. Uh, Everything's uh, better with the world. Um, <clears throat> ish. For now. Uh, but that's, that, that's it, I think. Uh, hopefully I did that justice. Donald speaking once is fine. Yeah, uh, let, let's, let's go say <laughs> hi to, um, to to the guys in the chat. Uh, Liam's here. He's saying hi-de-ho. Hody hi And uh, Dominic's here. Hello, Dominic from the Comic Book Report. He says, hey, all. Hey, Dominic, how are you doing? Thank you for joining, mate. Lovely to see you. Um, okay, you've heard the monotonous tones of my voice for the last three minutes. So I'm going to move over now uh, to uh, Kevin, if that's okay. Um, you, you, first of all, I'd love to know why you chose the book and uh, what you thought of it, what were your initial thoughts when you read it? Oh, I chose the book because you guys, I don't think you read much X-Men on here. So I thought it would be a nice... Um, sorry, I'm disappearing. Um, a nice jumping on point. Uh, well, I, well, I first read it, I think, when it came out. 
and I liked it a lot more than I did the second time around. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought we'll pick. We'll do next month. Also, I wanted to draw Wolverine, so it <laughs> <laughs> fits in well with the draw along. It was Definitely. my cunning For plan. For reasons, then. That's the reason. No, piss reason. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks. Uh, Shane? I um, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I like this. I love the X-Men team. Any kind of lineup for the X-Men, really. I was missing my Rogue and Storm. But I really enjoyed this story, the whole... Um, is it okay to take a cure for something that some people don't see as a disease? And, you know, it seemed to be the only people that were against the cure were people that could pass as human. Everyone Mm. else kind of, you know, you had Beast who obviously is a big blue cat thing. Um, But all the people lined up outside, they were were heavily mutated. You know, you had like lizards and non-corporeal beings. That poor boy that just... I, I want I want my body, you know. He he was just hurting for it, and then it's like, what right do you have to tell them they can't take it? Yes, it could be used as a weapon, but it could also save lives. So, I like that sort of moral yeah. conundrum in my books. I thought it was really well done. Totally, yeah. Um, Martin, this is my first proper X Men title. I've always been a bit nervous with X Men because I'm. Uh, there's so much law into x-men i've always never known where to start you know so this is the first one i was quite impressed uh, the, the the team was you know reminding me well, best part of the team was rem- reminiscent of the 90s show as well so like you know wolverine cyclops some of those characters it was familiar uh but for me it was fun i enjoyed it i like the premise i thought the idea uh, of the cure was a great starting point um and the characters in it were, were fantastic so yeah Generally quite happy. Mm-hmm. Good start, good start, Phil. Uh, okay. Um, story explain. I like the way, like Shane put there, you have that moral conundrum of this kind of supposed cure. I like that. Um, I I do have a problem with the X-Men in general. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I've yet to find like an iteration of X-Men that, that blows me away. Like, this is my X-Men. But there's so many kind of, uh, as Martin alluded to there, like there's so much, there's so many characters. Yes, it's narrowed down in this story, but I just find it really hard to get on board with X-Men. Like it's, it's not that's bad story, it's good, but like I just have a problem with X-Men. Like even here, like, so Pro- Pro- Professor Xavier, he's obviously somewhere else. So this is the starting point. There's obviously stuff that's gone on before this that we're not told. Uh, you know, do you need to have to have read everything of X-Men prior to this? Is it a jumping on point? I'm not so sure. But in some ways it is because you should be familiar with who like, who the X-Men are. But uh, I'm just rambling on a bit because I, I feel a bit disappointed in a way. Like I, like I was not astonished reading <laughs> Astonishing X-Men. They didn't fulfill their job. They had one, they had one job, to astonish me, and they didn't. I was going to say, that was going to be one of my questions I had for people is if you haven't read the X-Men before or you don't know too much about the X-Men, was this a good jumping on point? This, Not for me. Yeah. This Not is my me. first like 
actual X-Men title. Like, we've read Old Man Logan, we've read House of M, but yeah, this is the actual first X-Men book that I've read and we've read on the show as well. Um, so, I wasn't too bothered. Like, I'm, I'm familiar with all the characters anyway. I knew who they were. I know what they were capable of. Um, but yeah, there was that thing at the start with Kitty Pride. Um, you kind of it alludes to some sort of history that I sh I should have known, um, but I think uh, you know it wasn't so much of a thing where I felt like I needed to go and read it, or I felt like I was tremendously missing out on you know the quality of this book that I was I was going to read. So I didn't. Um, but it introduces a new enemy. It introduces I don't know if Break World is a new thing as well. Um, but it introduces a lot of new things, and yeah, the, the, the word conundrum is a great pick um, from Shane there for that. But uh, yeah, I, I think personally, this is a, a tidy jumping point given you understand the characters that are already, are already um, you know, the team. That's what I'm trying to say. As long as you know who the team are, you shouldn't have a problem. Um, but if you are literally going, I know nothing, zero then I think it's still fine because there's you are getting used to their personalities, you are learning what their powers are just by seeing them in battle and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say just just yes. Yes, it's a tidy jumping point, in my opinion. With, with a caveat. But yeah, because as someone who knows X-Men a little bit more, no, I mean, I'm not an expert on the X-Men. I know expert. more than... Oh. I know more than just the moviegoer, let's say. Um, I was a little bit lost with Emma being on the team because I know Emma as, you know, the White Queen. I know her as the villain. I know her as the psychic. Um, seeing her with diamond skin, I was kind of like, huh, that doesn't seem like a natural progression of her powers. <laughs> so I'm a little bit lost with Emma being on the team and having that new ability. But like you said, it's a new villain, it's a new build-up, a new team. I was fine with it. So was that ability introduced in this book then, the diamond power? M might have been I done in the know. run beforehand. Right. There was a Grant Morrison run beforehand. Uh, I think that's when he put her on the team. Okay. Because so. I, I was totally fine with that, because my first ever um, uh, dealing with Emma Frost was in the oh, which film was it? Days of Future Past. Yeah, yeah, yeah like the fir the first class ones, you know. Oh yeah, they're first class. Yeah, first class. Yeah. Um. So, I just, I just took it as that's how it is, and that's 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 always been her. Like, so that didn't bother me too much. I see. I think X Men. It, it is a weird my kind of theory in X-Men overall, they're in a weird spot because they do constantly reboot it to try and get new audiences, but it never quite works. They never quite, they'll, they'll never hit the heights of the early 90s, Jim Lee stuff, that's not, that's never going to happen. But they can't seem to get to the point where, uh, you know, they're happy with this iteration that's continued this mm -hmm. year. Even the more recent stuff, the House of Power, or House of Ten Powers of X, which was really good, by the way. They kind of went, like, massively in all these different tie-in titles and that's my problem with the x-men again not relevant to this book because this is this is quite self-contained essentially for what it is but i just that's where i struggle with x-men in general um emma frost 
Um, you're right. The only person version I know is from the movies, and she was a terrible actress in that movie. Mm. She was awful. <laughs> January Jones. Yeah, is that her actual name? Yeah. Oh well, okay. Well, she's not known for anything else, is she? Because she wasn't very good in that movie. Um, I, although she, in this book, it did have one of the the best moments for me. Whenever at the first start, she was at the, on the podium giving her speech, and Kitty Pride goes, "At least I remember mm. to put on some clothes or something." To that effect. <laughs> this is hilarious. Um, but yeah, like I think again, knowing the X Men, knowing the Scott Summers and Jean Grey and, and the Wolverine kind of love triangle to have Emma Frost in there all of a sudden was a bit odd for them to be lovers. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe it. You know, it's not. Yeah. I haven't bought into that yet. So there's wee things like that kind of bug me slightly, but not so much so that you still can't enjoy this story for what it is. Um, yeah, I always wonder about the word reboot. She said that this was a reboot. Like, are they reboots? Because for me, a reboot is like completely starting again, like redoing the whole, you know, resetting the law. Everything is from zero. But this is just kind of like, I, I feel like instead of a reboot, this is more of a, um, just a new arc. Just a big new arc. Continuation with a different writer. Yeah. Take, yeah, yeah, that's me. Like the whole, mm. the whole um era, the modern stuff. They, it, it, it's the same players. They just go a completely different direction. So you're right. It's not a reboot as such, but they're always trying to change, not change like the history of the X Men, but try and change something to to get new audiences. And I just haven't found one yet that I really jump into the Krakoa right. stuff it was that until they introduced about 12 different uh like tie-in series like for example i was reading x-men and sorry spoilers but in issue two professor xavier was dead because he got killed in x-force book which i wasn't reading and that's actually gonna note they, they, they do this of all their books x-men red x-men blue whatever else they, they always do this so you have to be all in for x-men you can't just read the x-men book now, again I'm going off a tangent. This does not happen here, <laughs> but that's that's just that's it's like maybe it's a mental block for me. No, I'm with you. I'm with you there. That's one of the reasons why X Men. I'm on the back foot with them because I just don't feel like I can just pick that point or I can jump in. Yeah. And even though this was a good read, it wasn't a jump on point. I couldn't. I needed to know something prior. Mm-hmm. So it does suffer from what you're saying. You know, same as other books you've read, it has that effect. It's a shame because it was a good story, but I just felt like I was missing something from this. Yeah. That's what? Well, at the start, when they were talking about Kitty Pride and you're sort of knowing little bits about the history, um, mm. obviously when you know Colossus, you know, bringing Colossus in at that point, I didn't know he was dead. They talk about yeah. the legacy virus that mm-hmm. you know that wasn't mentioned for the first five <sighs> issues of the book, and it's like, <laughs> all right, m- maybe I'm going to go back on my word. But there's all there's always been a cure, quote unquote, cure, hasn't there for for mutants for for a long time. Um, mm. So I suppose like, as a, I agree with you with the whole legacy fa- uh, thing, but if it's just taking that something different and name that something different, like we always know they've, they've always tried to cure mutant. Ism or whatever it's called, uh, you know, mutants bad, humans good, but then the big always does it the way around where humans are the bad guys. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I sound like I'm dogging down the book, but I'm not. Like, 
I like the idea of X-Men. I just haven't found something that blows me away. I thought this could be it because I've heard good things about it. Uh, Josh Whedon, who I'm sure we Joss. all know from jo Josh. 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 Stone. Who? Josh Stone. The singer. The singer. Oh, grow up, Phil. Oh, we've lost him. We've lost him. <laughs> no. But uh, I, I just, like, obviously, for Buffy fame, for Angel fame, for uh, oh, Firefly. Avengers. Firefly. Uh, yeah. And then obviously done the, the Avengers, the, the, the first Avengers movie, which is weird because it says here somewhere in this, uh, on the blurb at the back, that he of like Marvel's The Avengers. But this is 2004. Marvel's that Avengers. Print. Oh, yeah, what's that's what I thought, but it's really annoyed me when I seen that. It's things like that bug me. <laughs> Don't lie. Don't try and sell me a book that's already been written with like modern day new stuff. Just give me what yeah. it as it was back then, you know. I'm just mm. talking rubbish, but no, this was good, but it just it, it lacked something for me. I don't know what it was. Fair enough. But did the art lack anything for you guys? Personally, uh, I was in. I loved it. Mm. This was a mwah, Chef's kiss kind of uh, art to me. I, I love the shading of this. The coloring's fantastic. And um, I love a good reflection. And there's, <laughs> there's a lot of that in this. Like, there's a lot of metal going on and a lot of reflections. Um, it just adds more, you know, more depth and more detail to it. And um, I'm really trying my best to sound cool in front of Kev now um, by saying words like depth and and uh yeah, we should just, just give Kev a stage here for the next 10 minutes just to talk about the yeah. art because we know yeah. nothing it looked nice no that's what we can say <laughs> comic look good yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice use of colors yeah pretty color yeah. so Kev take take us away please on the art what did you think right uh yeah I enjoyed it um Cool. Looking at his artwork, I don't know if it's inked. I don't know if they've uh, if he's just if it's just from pencils, because the way some of the inking is on the page, it looks too kind of like shaded with the side of a pencil. So I'm trying right. to work out if John Cassidy just they crank up when they're putting the book together, if they crank up the um, the darkness of the pencils to make it look like inks. I'm trying to work that out. I'm not too sure. If, so, but I think it's, yeah, he's beautifully drawn and I like the way all the characters look and um, mm -hmm. some of the facial expressions, especially Emma Frost's facial expressions, like the kind of looking down her nose at people. Yeah. yeah really, really good. And Beast looks awesome as well. See, I don't, yeah. I, I didn't like how Beast looked. I don't know why. I thought his face looked a bit silly. But then, too feline. Yeah, like it was, it was, yeah. it was too, it was too feline. Like it's not the Beast that I would, I would think. Again, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the, the 90s animated stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the best version of Beast for me. Um, and this is quite different from that. I'll go, say, oh. I'll go back with some lore. Thing is, is his second mutation. <laughs> as well so he mutates again and that's why he looks like a cat oh, okay. did it say that in the book did we miss that no, i made don't a comment say of... it in the book but he, he made a yeah. comment of de-evolving didn't he or he said he's going yeah, yeah. backwards so that's maybe what i thought 
So he's just going to be like a, a tabby cat at the end of this. <laughs> the end of this thing. Well, he does like, mention that as well, doesn't he? Well, so he's saying they're devolving that he's going to be playing with a ball of string yeah. by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, looking at this, the, the character design of this, for me, it just it just felt like a cross between a cat and the honey monster. Yeah, it was the hands. It was the big fluffy hands. I'm not saying that like I didn't mean to be like, that means it's bad. It doesn't mean it's bad. That's just what I thought of. It was just a cross between those two things. Um, I didn't mind the design. I was a bit thrown by it because that's not what I'm used to and it's not what I've seen before and I've never seen it like this before. But you know how lenient I am. I don't care, to be honest. I was all right with mind management. So yeah. this is fine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, my bar is up there. Anyway, should we get onto our pages? Yes. Okie dokie. Here are all the pages that we've picked. Uh, okay, where should we start? Hmm. Uh, guest of honor? Guest of honor. Kevin, please take it away. Yeah. So this is my page. I like the fact that it shows off the team as individuals. Well, they're sort of working as a team, but you get to see all their individual powers in play and what they bring to the team. Uh, I thought it was a good action scene to like introduce the X-Men on their first kind of mission in this story. And also, in my head, I just got <laughs> going on. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this page. The, uh, I think the last panel with Kitty helping uh, Beast out, I think that works really well. Yeah. And Wolverine coming through the ceiling as well. So, see, maybe Wolverine I, I, bursted in. <laughs> maybe I have no clue what I'm talking about and why about the same makes no sense to anybody but I, what I found with this art it was very good at moving the story along and giving you good moments like this scene for example it's all five members of the team coming through in different ways you know but yet they're still kicking ass in each panel do, do what I'm trying to say it's like mm. it, it, it moves along there's a lot of action there's a lot of things happening in this one ballroom or whatever it is or uh, apartment block or I can't remember what it was but like it just seems quite as you said, quite dramatic, and you're 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 kind of thinking about the music and stuff. I, yeah, I, I thought that makes sense, but just yeah, it just pushes the yeah. story along and the action along quite well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's really good. Looking at this page kind of makes me think, uh, who is my favorite character in this team? Uh, you know, you're basically seeing all of their powers work uh, in every panel here, and. If I'm going to pick one, it's going to be, uh, I think, Kitty Pride. Oh, I think. yeah, she's cool. I was going to say, if, you, if it's not Wolverine, you're wrong, but uh, Kitty Pride, <laughs> she is really cool. It is It is very cool. Just yeah. the fact that you can just slip through a wall, I think it's brilliant. And uh, like, and she understands the physics of how it works as well, because because she, she brought Emma Frost through at one point, and she was like, you need yeah. to stop wiggling because... You don't want to get fused with the wall or something like that. You know what I mean? She it's said something. to leave her in the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was quite good. So it's cool that you know the physics works how we how we understand it could work. Um, uh, next page, Shane. Go. Yes. I mean, do I need to explain how cool this page is? With yeah, just the, the red light yeah. riff. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you just Kitty Pride standing in front of Colossus. We've discovered he's alive, and it's just the. He's emerging from this dark room 
and the red light is just shining off his metal muscles and his uh, rippling biceps and his pecs and his abs. Yeah. And, uh... All right, pick up your jaw. <laughs> pick up your... All right, okay. me. Stop describing me. Talk about Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the way Emma Frost describes him later in the book. Like, if you do well, you know, if you like that gorgeous, muscle-toned, abbed guy, then yeah, he's great. <laughs> but yeah, I just the way the lights reflecting off him and off Kitty as well. I just thought it was a really, really beautiful page. It is awesome. It is good. Yeah. The and the panel before this on the page before is just the tiniest sliver of like something reflective, and it just is the bullet is just going. Ping! You just see it, yeah. And then I, I, I looked at that. Like for me, there wasn't that excitement to go, who, who's this? Because I didn't have a clue. And I'm assuming in the books, you, you know, that Colossus is is dead or gone or something. So I imagine for readers of this, turning like seeing that and then turning that page, being like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, this is so cool. Um, Colossus is back. This is sick. Um, so, yeah, I, I was trying to empathize with the excitement of the people I had made up in my head that were reading this book being excited. <laughs> you can just enjoy the book for yourself at the same time. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, not possible. <laughs> my my turn, my turn. Um, so my pick oh, yeah. is this one. This for me, Kev, this was mm. the na 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 This was that <laughs> moment for me. You know, everyone in their blue and yellow costumes, like I remember from the TV show of all four episodes that I watched. And then, um, <laughs> but yeah, it just looks so cool. And this has this has the reflections uh, on the floor. I love that. Um, they all look badass. Uh, it's the kind of like slow-mo um, epic music, like epic rock music playing while they walk into their... Um, to the is it, what's the ship called? In my head, it's Black just called the X, the X Wing. X Wing, the X Wing. I know, I know. They should just swap them around. Um, but yeah, it was a very cool, uh, you know. And they've all got just even the way they just um, not their body language, but the way they're like using their heads. It's really hard to explain this. Like Wolverine is like looking away. Kitty Pride looks a bit inquisitive. And the other three, Beast, Scott, and Emma Frost, are just like, um, they just look uh, determined. They look motivated. They have a purpose. The characters yeah. come through yeah. in their, the really? way they're posed. Do you know what I thought about this book as well? Like this kind of angle like they are mm. in that page. There was quite a lot of that in this book. Like, oh, I'll, do a quiz, I'll do a test to see if you've been watching my show. What angle oh. is that called? Such. Yeah. <laughs> Dutch. Dutch oh, angle. It's the shame. <laughs> nice. Cool. The Quizler wins again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, uh, over to Martin, please. See, this page, I, I'm not the biggest Beast fan. I thought I was going to pick a Wolverine page going into this, but when I saw this page, I loved it. It gave me, like, Mission Impossible vibes. I, I love the, 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 the dark, shadowy look to the left side. But then also, you know, we're getting the breaking in and you're seeing all the uh like the laser trip wires and i thought it was really cool you know and to see beast uh, not in front of like a in a scientist setting was was cool for me i like seeing him be beast as opposed to hank mccoy so this was a a standout for me i actually usually pick about three pages 
um, to sort of decide on what's going to be my favourite, and all three of them were Beast. So, mm. shot myself with this. With theme. Uh, hmm. Yeah, Beast goes Mission Impossible. Hmm. Really cool. Can we try to combine the Mission Impossible theme tune with the X-Men animated series? That would tune? fit perfectly, <laughs> wouldn't it? It would be so cool. Right when you hit that part is when you hit the... That would be great. Yeah, nice one. And then over to Phil. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not quite sure what exactly is happening, but he just threw him onto a spaceship. Wait a minute. Burst through the window. Yeah, like... Again, it's the action for me. Like, throw up the spaceship, burst through the windscreen, stick your claws on his mouth, and you know, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's weird, but it's really, it's really good and eye catching. Um, and we mentioned the faces, even a little girl. What kind of name? Tilda. Yeah, like totally. just the, the, the faces were quite good and quite quite nice throughout. And that's one thing that we do appreciate here on the uh, Nerd Heart Comic Club. There's nice faces, as all five here have nice faces. Ooh. <laughs> But yeah, just again the tone, the color, the perspective, the 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 Apache. I don't know the Apache helicopters or not. The helicopters at the <laughs> bottom panel. I just thought there's a lot going on here. I just quite liked it. Well, I I did initially want the same page that Scott picked, but he obviously got there first, so I had to settle for uh, second best. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Um, right, I'm going to catch up on some comments now that we've had. So uh, Dominic is suggesting some books for you, Martin. He's saying I highly recommend. Phil, did you say House of Ten or Power of Ten? Is that House, what it of, is? House of X and Powers of Ten. Oh, I just thought it was House of X, Powers of X, because I don't read X-Men. But apparently, Martin, for me and you, I guess this could be a really good jumping point. Yeah, definitely. I'll take it into account. If I'm going to read anything X-Men related, I'll, I'll give them a check. Cheers for the tip. Yeah. Nice. And uh, Liam made a comment about whether this was a good jumping point or not. Uh, he says, I didn't I didn't think it was a bad jumping point uh, at all. Uh, yeah, there's definitely history, but ultimately it's the start of a new chapter for the X-Men, and I found it okay to jump on. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Connie's here. Sup, nerd. Sup, Con. Hope you're doing okay. And there we go. So, writing now... Um, Hmm. What do you think of that? There was a lot going on, I think. A few different, a few little bits of story. We had the whole like team dynamic, like them trying to get used to each other. Um, the little, you know, Scott versus Wolverine, Beast versus Wolverine, <laughs> everyone versus Wolverine. Uh, and then the introduction of Ord, and then you got the cure. Um, a lot of things going on. Yeah, um, but it, so... wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't crowded, though. It, it didn't feel no. too. too uh... Dense, or whatever I'm trying to say, like it, it set it up nicely. Like, even the Emma Frost, Kitty Pride issue, Scott Summers, and, and Wolverine are always going to have their history with you know, Jane Grey. Um, or defer, I, I didn't like him until the last issue, whenever it became clear what the actual real plan was and why he was there. And obviously, that doctor, uh, forget her name. Uh, past, but uh, her, her and Beast, like their kind of history, like there was a lot, but it was nice and it worked well, and it was all kind of maneuvered well to the point mm. where now that this arc's finished, now we're going to move on to the next stuff, and I quite like that. 
Yeah, Joss Whedon knows how to write. It's as simple as that. He knows how to write characters. He knows how to write character interactions, and he knows how to write an interesting story that's going to keep you gripped. You know, I mean, yeah. you just have to watch any one of his TV shows to know that he knows what the characters are going to be like before he's even put pen to paper. So they stay like that throughout the entire book. There was no no random issue where someone acts out of character. It's just the, the interactions are just enjoyable to read between all of them. The way Emma Very Frost is, like she's mm-hmm. yeah, one hundred percent. But then you've got the funny bits in there as well, you know, because Wolverine is asking Scott, "Are you really feeling all right, or is Emma Frost sort of controlling everything you say and do?" And then he kind of says to her, "Are you?" And she's like, "You're never <laughs> going to see me naked again." You know, it's just <laughs> <laughs> funny things like that just thrown in, like. At the right time, it wasn't sprinkled. It wasn't all the way through the book. Yeah. When during the serious moments, there weren't any silly jokes or anything like that. He knows where to place the comedy moments and where not to. He's never had a problem with that, Joss Whedon. Yeah, I, th- I don't think any any character is written poorly or, or written like you're not satisfied with them. Like everyone had their moment. Everyone had their kind of little thing. Like you know. Wolverine obviously is the coolest. Kitty Pryde was really cool. The Colossus and her. Obviously, there's history there, but like every person, even the Doctor themselves, when you think she's the bad guy, and yet she's not really. She she has a, this this vaccine to kind of cure the mutants, but like she just doesn't harm people. She's not malicious. She obviously wants to help the ones that she had mentioned earlier on. The ones you're queued up and asking for. So that does it really well to portray that in the book, as opposed to just thinking she's a jackass. She's the bad guy. We hate her because she has a vaccine. You know. Um, like everyone had their kind of their moment in the sun to the point where you, you quite enjoyed all of them, even Nick Fury. I thought Nick Fury was really so well, cool. yeah. So yeah. Cool. And uh, <laughs> Abigail Brand, you know, who's coming up to party in the movie, one of the movies, I've come movies, I think, hmm. um, supposedly played even... by the girl who was Khaleesi in Game of Thrones. I forget her name. Oh, okay, that's who she's going to play, supposedly, and whatever's coming up. Emily, uh, Amelia yeah. Clark. Yes, Amelia Clark. Yes. What is that? Is, is it the, is it the Nick Fury series? What's what is that? Is that what I'm thinking? She's going to appear yes. in it, mm-hmm. isn't she? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so even yeah, the I mean, kids at even the kids at the school had a, a little moment yeah. as well with Wing, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the girl's name, but she had a really cool power that had like a like a. Oh, she's like a hard light suit yeah. rounder yeah. sort of thing. She she becomes somebody later on, doesn't she? I think she's part of the main X Men line down the line at some point. Just can't mm-hmm. think what her, her superhero name is. And poor Wing, because they both they wanted it, didn't they? They both wanted to be A Listers. They wanted to be X Men, yeah. and then he got cured with and that page his with skill. him crying. The panel of those tears that was quite sad. Yeah. It was all done really well because it was it, well, it was done to show you what could happen if the cure is used against someone's will and i get that but there are so many people like the morlocks they have to hide underground because they can't pass as human you know that these these are mutants that would gladly give up their powers that little girl tildy she killed her family because of her powers there are so many mutants that can't control their powers rogue rogue can't control her powers a single touch she can kill you you know given a choice would she maybe want to give that sort of thing up and you'd have to 
go by a case by case study. I get it. And it, the, the cure would have to be heavily regulated. And I get it. But you can't just destroy it because you don't agree with it. That doesn't make you the good guy. You don't have the moral high ground for it. I think they were m more kind of to destroy it in case it fell into the wrong hands. Was it not the thing? But again, but anything can fall into the wrong hands. The internet, a gun, a knife. You don't take every. You don't take things away from everybody because some people are bad. That's not how the world works. You don't have the right because you think something's wrong to take it away from everyone else. Just because your name's on the front of the book, X Men, doesn't give you the right to do whatever you want. So I didn't agree with Wolverine. I didn't agree with Scott. I know Scott was a bit more diplomatic about it. He wanted to have a talk with Beast, but still, he—I felt like that talk would have been him trying to talk him out of it and not listening. You just touched on another thing there, which was actually quite good for the writing style and the purpose of it. Was like the fact that Wolverine was like Beast. You can't take it. Like you may want to, but you cannot be seen to take this. You are an X Man. You cannot take this uh, vaccine because that will just destroy for everyone else. And that's another kind of dilemma they have that. Like, they can't take it. The the the, the X-Men who are in charge of the school and whatever else and they're superheroes, if they were to be seen to want the faxing and take it, then it kind of eats into the, the, the hands of the, the the politicians, should I say, that want to push this kind of vaccine to everybody, you know what I mean? And I quite like that. But then but then the writers should have had maybe Kitty Pride think about taking it, or you know, an a, a human looking character, but because it's beast. You're, you understand. The poor hmm. man has gone from just having the, the agility and the, the skill of a beast, you know, from the original X-Men. He looked human. He was, all right, he was a bit bulkier, but he looked human, to now covered in blue hair and has to, has to just live like that forever. That's not fair. So if he wanted to take it, what right does someone who should be his friend as well? Like, he's been with him for so long. Wolverine should understand. They should have had a talk, not a fight. Because he's thinking about the score as well, isn't he? Because if an X man takes it, it's going to ever, you know, result in the school being pointless because it's the school for gifted children. Well, if, if, if we want to cure ourselves, you know. No, but it's... it will show the students. See, on the flip side, it will show the students that, do you know what? You don't have to live like this if you don't want to. You do have a choice. Just because you mutated, you have a choice. You know, it's the same way with anything. It, you know, you have a choice. It should be your choice. Just because you have a power doesn't mean you have to have it. Especially if that power can hurt other people without your control. What well, if you had a power, power that great responsibility, you know. But what if you had a power that if you fall asleep, you cannot control? Like the girl, her dreams, her nightmares come to life. She can't control that. She has to sleep. And at some point, she could destroy the world. Should she have to have that power if she doesn't want it? No. And that, of course, is the motivation for Ord, isn't it? That he sees like the future three mm. years from now, and the reason why he is on Earth to kill or destroy the mutants is because one mutant, who we do not know who, is responsible for the, is it the, the Brick World. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Brick world, yeah. yeah. And again, adding this kind of like alien dynamic onto this X-Men I thought was really cool and really well done um, Didn't feel out of place Yeah, I, I figured that girl's name Sacco was the character's name I think, Yeah, she's called Armour Armour in the oh, uh, Did you Google it as well? 
Yeah. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I was I was waiting for a, a decent break to jump that in. Um, yeah. Her current name is the Armour. She used to be called the Shield. Take oh. That okay. Well done. You googled for longer than I did. <laughs> Google Speaking warriors. of Shield. <laughs> Speaking of Shield, we got to see the, the acronym for Sword. Yeah. In this book. Yeah. Can you remember what it is? Did you write, write this down? No, not I. I did not at all. No. Scott, <laughs> googling. I got it. <laughs> Sentient World Observation and Response Department. The Dan two yeah. clicks. Because I liked her character. Hammer. I liked her character as well because again, as Nick Fury said, she has her own thing. She has the bigger picture. You may hate her, but she has a job to do for this sword. Now, yeah. whether you morally agree with it. It's, it's irrelevant. She has her job that we are not all privy, and the characters aren't all privy to that same information. Again, another dynamic that they can just throw in here that didn't feel out of place. So I liked it. Yeah, it just makes perfect sense as well. You know, shield protects Earth, sword protects every Earth from everything else. Simple beyond, as that. Everything beyond the shield. You have everything the shield. beyond. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Very cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of positives, really, with the writing. But that's what I'm getting from what we're talking. There's a lot of positives. It's just for me, it's just a, such a shame that there's there's those little tidbits that come from previous runs. If that wasn't there, if they explained a little bit more about what previously happened in this as a volume one, this would be great. This would just just leveled it up for me. But there yeah. wasn't even a single asterisk to tell you what where this story took place. You know, when they mm. talk about the um, the legacy yeah. virus and Colossus's death, it didn't say like CX Men number one ninety two or anything like that to give you any form of reference. See, sometimes they have a have an inner conflict when it comes to continuity. Like you don't really need it. So those asterisks, for example, if I'm reading a Marvel book currently and they have an asterisk saying see Amazing Spider Man issue six hundred and four, like I don't go back and read it. I don't need to, if you know what I'm trying to say. As long as you tell me that there's something that happened, that once upon a time, I don't need to know it. Cause it's not, is it is it really relevant to the current story? So I, my conflict is this. I, I would like to see some references, but I also think we don't need them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's where I'm at. Like, it's, 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 it's jo- Josh. Jo- I can't say, I can't say Josh. 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 <laughs> Josh Whedon's story. He's telling his story. You know, and that's it. You just had to listen to it and take it in and believe what the words he's telling you. That's why I think sometimes when it comes to continuity. But I still like to know at the same time. That's my problem. That's that's an inner conflict thing. So if anyone knows how to resolve that, let me know. <laughs> there's there's no cure. Maybe oh. we should maybe we should speak to uh, Doctor uh, Kavita to to help you out. Um, speaking of her, did you kind of did you believe her motivations and yeah stuff like that did you think she yeah. was yeah truthful? i think i mean i was half expecting her to turn into mystique at some point you know you were expecting ah, to see a good. gold eye or a flex of blue skin mm. at some point when she walked into a room but no she was just a good guy just going she was an ends justify the means person and sometimes there's nothing wrong with that she, she didn't she didn't discover the cure yeah, that's the thing. She cared about Tilde. She cared about the mutants, as she was saying, who, who don't want to be mutants. She tried to find a cure herself, couldn't find it, and this guy or gave it to her, essentially. And, um, she, yeah, she has to work with an evil being to get, and get 
the results she wants, but he did look a different day. And obviously, this is this day. Um, but no, I liked her motivations. I liked the fact that she did care. Um, and she wasn't the enemy of the X-Men. Because I think, as, as Shane's alluding to, there should be an option. She didn't want yeah. him getting hurt. She didn't sort no. of like, well, she wasn't stunned when Beast broke in. So it, it come across very genuine yeah. all the way through. Yeah. And Same. it's a shame right at the end when uh, Wolverine drops the ship on her building at the end to destroy all her research. <laughs> oh, no. But but there are still some bits of that research started around the world, isn't there? Yeah, she sent it, didn't she? All different yeah. Well, she said her. she did. But uh, Wolverine called her bluff. Oh, yeah. You can yeah. smell a lie, that one. So that now means that the X-Men, they only have that one, that one, whatever, yep. in Beast Lab, that's it. Yep. Because Beast said they've only put it back by maybe three months. It's nothing that can't be yeah. redone. Hmm. Yep. So how long is this just... 18 issues, or is it 24 issues? Yeah, it's 24 issues long, this whole run, apparently, the Joss Whedon stuff, 2004 to 2008. So I'm feeling a big part of this story is going to be about Beast umming and ahhing, going back and forth about taking this cure, and I feel like that that's going to be a big motivation for people to keep reading. It's definitely something for me, anyway. Like I want to know uh, if he's going to do it or not, and I want... I want the emotion from it as well. Um, and that would definitely be a driving force to get me to uh, keep reading this. Um, after Joss, Joss Whedon's run, um, and then you said Joss Stone, after Joss Whedon's run, um, does it, after issue 24, does it still, is it still Astonishing X-Men or is it something else again? It's likely to be something else. It carries on under the same title, but then right. I think only lasts yeah. a, a few more issues or so. Right. Maybe another year or two. And that's oh, the okay. problem I have with X-Men. They, 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 they constantly do this and have done for years. I think it's 2004. They're still doing it today. Oh, it goes all the way up to six, issue 68. Oh. There who, we go. Who, who yeah. carries on after Whedon? So, I want to say Whedon because I, don't, I can't say his first name. So, Joss Whedon and then Warren Ellis takes okay. over for oh, nice. three years. And then we have a very short run from Daniel Way and Christos, Christos Gage. Then we have uh, then Greg Pak takes over for a bit. And then, ooh, Marjorie Liu, oh. she takes over uh, of monstrous fame. And got some real talent behind this. Yeah, got some big names on there. People like X Men. <laughs> yeah, but, but I, I get I get that they're big names, but again, it's two thousand four. Maybe they're just like starting out. So that's what. I was going to say this wouldn't be the main X Men run if Uncanny mm. X Men is the main run. This would be. Yeah, like so that, like Spider Man. This would be like spectacular Spider Man, not Amazing Spider Man or. Yeah, so that 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 tells me in two thousand four, this not being the main flagship X Men book, and they're jumping from creator to creator. Yes, mm-hmm. they're all really good as we know them now, but are they only starting out two thousand four, and were they just kind of trying to keep this book alive as long as they can? 
was this a potential audition for those writers to go on to other books? Hence why we've had so many writers on this series. Potentially. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I was going to say, it's definitely that era, era where they were trying out uh, film directors and uh, actual authors. I'm not saying that they're not actual authors. People who've written books before and stuff. So that this was the era where they were bringing outside talent into comics to help boost sales and bring Maybe. a new kind of like gravitas to them or something like that. It's peak comics, wasn't it? Early two thousands to late two thousands, peak comics. That's what you say right about the flashpoint so... where Barry ruined everything. <laughs> Barry ruins everything anyway. <laughs> Um, who, who was Emma talking to at the end of the book? That's, I know it's that's a build up for the next volume, but uh, who was she talking to? That's what's wanted to keep me intrigued in the book. Like I have, I, I have these trade paperbacks of one and two, which I got from the charity shop for fifty pence each, and <gasps> yes. I will read the next one because I'm hoping it does kind of show us who that is because that's the part, like the Emma Frost Kitty Pride engagement. I like that. There's a lot there, like in a, a bit, a bit catty. Each other purposefully brought she purposefully brought Kitty there to keep her in check. So I feel like I need to like that. that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm looking at that last page now and I don't know who it could be. I I don't have enough experience with these characters. Like I'm wondering if there if anyone has um you know uh, if anyone's read on grit, but if anyone has read before this and has gotten used to all these characters, maybe they understand how how these people talk and stuff like that. So Maybe maybe it is possible to decipher it before you go on to the next stuff. I'm I'm guessing Professor X. To be honest, curveball. Um, but also, yes. I I don't know much about Emma Frost. Like she's been a villain before, so is this like another villain? Is it like Magneto or something? Yeah, because it sounded like she wanted to do something to Kitty Pride, didn't it? Like, yeah, so is she really in love with Scott Summers, or you know? She's just like doing that as like a, like a ruse to kind of be undercover type of thing. I just that's the stuff I like, you know. That's my yeah. wanting to read more. I that's that's why I want to go further because it's that unknowing of her intentions. You don't know what's coming on that next arc, which is what made me think, Oh, I want to carry on. Kev, have you yeah, read on? I mean, she's a psychic, I she could just pretend that she's yes, I can't remember. No. <laughs> Because, you know, she could have just implanted a memory into it, all the X-Men mm. that make her part of the team. And then Professor X can come rocking back up and be like, boom, get out of here. What are you doing here? And everyone's like, oh, my God, she's been infiltrating us for months, making us think oh. she's one of us. She was already part of the team in the uh, new X-Men. Like so, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. That's... Yeah. There you go. See, I did not know that. I that's yeah. I, I don't yeah. know very much about Emma Frost. Like I say, I still don't know where she got her diamond skin from and how that's an evolution of her psychic powers. I wonder mm. if it was just a thing to be like she's basically in her underwear, so we need an excuse <laughs> why she in her underwear. Oh, she can turn into crystal. There we go. So there's an excuse. She wants to show off how good she looks in cri- as crystal. Yeah, of course. Easy, yeah. easy, brilliant. <laughs> I wonder if that was an editorial. It might have been an editor's thing. Like, <laughs> oh, we got to give an excuse why she's in her underwear. <laughs> that's, that's good. Totally plausible. Um, I, I'm, 
I am aware that there are five of us today and it may take us more time than usual to do our final thoughts and scores. So is it okay if we start now? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there we go. So we're going to go into our final thoughts and scores. For everyone in the chat, uh, I know you're there. I know you're watching. And if you've read along with the book, uh, please do give us your score out of 10. It totally contributes to how uh, this book is finally scored and where will it land on the leaderboard. So... Uh, Kev, I'd love to start with you, please, uh, as you pick yeah. the book. Right. Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a good jumping on point. Like I said at the beginning, yeah, it hasn't... Maybe because I thought it was so good when I first read it, I'm coming back to it like 20 years ago or however long ago it was now that I read it. Um, it hasn't lived up as to as, as much as I would have liked in my head. Hmm. Me no good with words. Me good to draw. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a seven. I think it was a solid story. I want to keep reading because I can't remember what happens next. And yeah, I thought it's a good story. I liked, I liked Beast's uh, conundrum hmm. with it. And yeah, good story. Great. Nice one. 7 out of 10. Thank you very much. Uh, let's go, Shane. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm a sucker for X-Men books. Um, I tend to get a little bit, not bored, but annoyed at the constant mutant hating in the book. You know, in a world where so many people can fly and throw fire mm. and there are so many super teams, I find it hard to believe that now, I get it in the 60s, what they were going for with the X-Men, I completely understand the 60s, 70s and 80s. It all made perfect sense. But when you get to the noughties and the teens and the 20s now, the fact that people still hate the mutants because they have powers, because they're a, a mutation in humans, I still don't understand it um, as, a, as a story point to use in the X-Men books now. I think it's overdone. They need to stop with that and just have them as the teams that they are. And I don't think it relied too heavily on that in this book. So I was quite happy with that. The idea of the cure is great. I mean, they used it in one of the movies. They know how good that is of a premise. And Beast, I just, I felt for him. And I was annoyed at everyone else for trying to talk him out of it. And I think that goes to show how good the writing is when you agree with a character and then disagree with another one and you can argue it back and forth in your own head. I think they've done a really good job. Joss Whedon is fantastic i don't have a bad word to say about his writing i've enjoyed everything he's done on screen so it bears reason that i would enjoy what he puts down on paper um i'm gonna go a little bit higher than kev because i i didn't read this 20 years ago so i don't have rose tinted glasses i'm just gonna go with my read for this time round. i'm gonna give it 7.5 i'd like to read on as well nice cool um i may as well keep going in this kind of uh, clockwise fashion so um i'll go next uh this yeah even though this was a book that introduces um uh, an x-men team uh, potentially for for new readers and people you know uh older fans of x-men jumping onto this as well um it still felt like a beast book um it did focus on him it was about you know if he's going to take the cure or not and then uh, you know, we are learning about the other characters down the line, and I feel like it's it, it's kind of led into um, uh, what am I trying to say? It's trying to led into this thing with Emma Frost now, 
is going to slowly morph into that. Um, I thought it was a visually stunning book. Um, absolutely loved looking at it. Uh, really, really great. Um, body language, face, uh, facial expressions, um, colors just look stunning. Um, and story as well. I'm not sure how if I've read much Joss Whedon. Um, nothing comes to my mind straight away when I think of it. I, I, I hear Joss Whedon, I think of Avengers. So I'm pleasantly surprised with what I've read, and I would like to read more of this. And I would like to read more of what he's done outside of X-Men as well. Um, so I'm also giving this a 7.5. As my first X-Men book, um, as I say, I'm quite surprised. I really enjoyed this. It's, this book gave me a new love for Beast. I think Beast is a great character now after seeing this side of him because I've always you know, seen him as that scientist. So to actually see him be a Beast is a, you know, a lot, lot more interesting. I thought the story as a whole was very good. It was a nice way to start off a of volume one, even though I did personally feel... I wanted to know a little bit about the backstory. I wanted to know where some of these things had happened before. I can't help it. That's just that's just the way I am. If I'm reading a volume one of a book, I want to know everything. I don't want to be told on a volume one, I've got to go back and read all this other stuff as well. Uh, that's the whole point of it being a volume one for me. But take that out of it. The art was great. The story was good. I would love to read Bond because it did leave me hanging for another uh, volume. So I'm going to join the guys, and I'm going to go in with a 7.5 as well. Nice. Okay. Nice. And the best to last, Philip, what did you think of the book? Oh, you're leaving me the best to last? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or do you mean Liam? Because Liam's score is going to be set after mine. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah. um, to be fair, I've increased my score slightly from what I was thinking in my head beforehand. Because um, I think I've enjoyed talking about it, and have all helped me kind of see the good points it's like it's actually it's quite good i i do have a problem with x-men in general but again that's my own thing like i just can't seem to get on board with the whole thing however this is quite self-contained there's only about six x-men characters you really need to worry about um it's not too like clouded but yet they he was able to fit a lot of stuff in here and there's a lot of stuff here i'm happy to to read and i want to know more like the base thing, the Emma Frost, Kitty Pride stuff. Wolverine, to be fair, doesn't really need to have his own arc. He just has his own. He just bounces off everybody, and he's just cool. And uh, you know, I, I liked where this was going. I, I want to read on. The art's really well. It's really good. It's it's really clean, and I don't know if this makes sense. It's smooth, like the way it just runs through the whole story really well. Um, and yeah, I. I, I I think overall this arc started off quite slow, but then I think the end kind of wrapped things up for me to like a really satisfying ending. And for that reason, the fact that we've talked about it really well, we've all enjoyed it. I'm going to go from a 6.5 to a 7. 7 out of 10 for me. Right, there we go. So uh, it looks like we've only had one more score in the chat today. That's from uh, Liam. Uh, he says, solid book overall. I enjoyed it, but haven't been enticed to read on. But I would happily read on if it's on the nerd hood, but otherwise probably wouldn't. 6.5 out of 10. Thank you very much. So combining that with Kev's score, there's an average of 6.8. Uh, so adding that along with Phil7 and Shane, Martin and mine's uh, 7.5s. Uh, that gives us an average of 7.3. Uh, 
There we go. So let's see. Does it hit the top ten? Ooh. No. Nearly. Still, we still need to beat that seven point five to get on the top ten. So it goes on to the rest of the leaderboard, which becomes joint ninth with Friday. Friday book one, uh, which I believe, company. Martin, wasn't that your pick? No, it was no, Liam's. Liam's. But yeah. you wanted to pick it as well, or something? Yeah, like, I, I chucked in. The, yeah, I went on that as well. As well. Yeah. So. yeah. So there we go. So it's joint ninth there, which is uh, brilliant. So there we go. Um, that's been us. Let's tell you what's coming up. And uh, I, th well, I think we already know what Kev is drawing uh, tomorrow night. Uh, he's already said, but here it is anyway. He is going to be drawing Wolverine, and he's showing us how to draw Wolverine step by step. Uh, so if you are interested in that, and if you want to see that, then do go over to the Nerdo channel, and it will be available from 7 p.m. onwards uh, for the rest of time for you to go and watch. I, I love Kevin's those little thumbnails. Wolverine. Yeah. He's got his little Wolverine shirt on, and there's scratch and his marks hair. on his canvas. Don't forget his hair. Let's look at it again. Yeah. Look at his hair. Oh, I didn't uh, see the hair. <laughs> little cute Wolverine that Kev. His attention to detail. Well done. You need to show us how to draw up little <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to draw. Teach me how to draw a little chibi version of me. Yeah, <laughs> I want to draw a little version. Don't teach awesome. me. Just just draw a little version of me. Like <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So, yeah, thank you, Kev. Thank you for coming along. Thank you for choosing this book. Thank you for having and, me. Uh, yeah, you are you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us. Um, and all we got left to do now is just to find out what we're going to be reading next week for our for our new wave. It is going to be Phil's pick. What has he chosen? Let's find out. And on the podcasts, what we are going to be. Uh, talking about next week. So this is a book called Thanos Wins. This was Donny Cates taking over from, I think, Jeff Lemire, possibly. Uh, and this is the introduction of the Cosmic Ghost Rider. So if you've watched our previous episode, I think it was season two or one. Two. Yeah. Two. Where I'd done things in the, the wrong order. This should have came first. This is the introduction of the Cosmic Ghost Rider. This is Thanos uh... Wins and it collects issues 13 to 18 from 2016. Yes. Prequels month. <laughs> oh, don't know. That'd be mental. Uh, but yeah, brilliant. Thanks so much, everyone. So yeah, so that's what we've got coming up next week. Thanos wins. Issues 13 to 18. Don't forget that. If you want to join in, do go and read along. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you want to, if you can't make the live, you want to give us your opinions anyway on the socials, then get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook Messenger. Uh, and um, that's, that's it. Um, so yeah, so we, that's only one, one more thing left for us to do. It is gay waves up. See ya. Bye. Bye everyone. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs>